our first lesson comes to us from Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends nor heap shame upon their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. And our gospel lesson this morning, as it comes from Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha, Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As my days begin to wind down, as they begin to come to an end, I, I realize that time is the most precious commodity that I have. To have 15 more minutes with my grandmom and grandpop, uh, to have one more chat with my mother-in-law, to have a few more moments with James Montgomery, missed opportunities to talk, to share, to, to love, to connect, to, to listen, and find out just what the other is thinking, feeling, or doing. I, I, learning history and, and being present so that the future is not so much a surprise, I guess. I, I have, I've come to cherish my kids' telephone calls, their visits, their antics. antics. I don't take for granted the times I can hold Joan's hand or, or get interrupted by a grandchild asking if I can spray her hair with water and then brush it or look at the weed that she has just pulled or, or just one last 
Sesame Street music video before I go off to church. Like I said, time is our most precious commodity. Mary realized that the opportunity to sit at God's feet, to take the position of a disciple, didn't happen every day. It's taken me a lifetime to to realize that we rarely find God in the hectic moments of our lives, but that we often find God in the quiet moments. The psalmist says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for God. And later, be still and know that I am your God. Be still. God loves it when we give it our all, but God calls us to be like Mary occasionally. There are times when we just need to stop, to be quiet, rest in the simple presence of God. Rest in God's shalom, and we've talked about this. God's peace, God's, because it's good for our soul and our relationship with God. As I wrote this sermon, the song by Pete Seeger performed by the birds, and Tim played it for the prelude, Turn, Turn, Turn. You remember that song, Turn, Turn, Turn? Right? To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep, a time to build up and a time to break down, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to love and a time to hate. A time of war, a time of peace, a time you may embrace and a time you may refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time for love, a time for hate. How many of us are like Martha? How many of us, when it push comes to shove and life gets busy and, dare I say, gets in the way, that devotion time, study time, and even worship time with the Lord is often pushed aside? Even our church work can get in the way. It can. Just ask any of the elders. We, we don't do it consciously. But, but our actions do speak out. After all, we need to make sure that everything is just right. Everything, everything's practiced. Just the right music is chosen. Great confessions are prepared. Production stuff like cameras and soundboards and projectors and live streaming equipment are all ready to go, all working. 
coffee is made, snacks are laid out, water is chilled, things are put away, ushers are lined up, tables are set up, communion prepared to go, ordinations, baptisms, and services. Podcasts are produced and posted on social media. The sermon's all prepared. It's all practiced and timed out so the service runs just for 59 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> There's always a fine line between service and distraction, a time to worship and a time to work. Martha was intent on serving Jesus. Mary was content to listen to his teachings. And I think we need to be a mixture of both. We need to be both Mary and Martha. Martha has been distracted and cast Jesus aside. Mary was, has at his side, but has neglected the hospitality that was ever so important. But work without worship produces worry. Action without adoration makes aggravation. I remember, I remember, oh gosh, I remember back when I was 24-year-old elder, my first, my first year, many, 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 many moons ago. One of the elders who was doing hospitality complained to their spouse that another wasn't helping to get the snacks ready for folks after worship. The spouse asked where this person was, and the response was, well, she's in worship. And the spouse responded, perhaps that's where we should be. The ultimate, tragedy, the ultimate tragedy of the busy life is the same as the tragedy that Martha faces. Offered the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet, but she, and perhaps we, can't spare the time because of being distracted. Time is a precious commodity. And things have to get done. Time is of the essence and every second counts. Yes, yes, yes it does. And it's no accident that Luke puts this story, this story of Martha and Mary, back to back with the Good Samaritan. I get Martha. Don't you get Martha? Do you get Martha? Uh, think about it. What would you do? Come on now. What would you do? You get word that Jesus, the Son of God, the omnipotent one that created the heavens and the earth and all that's therein is going to come and visit your house. Coming to visit you and your family at your home. What's the first thing you do? Get out the vacuum cleaner. Get out the polishing cloths. Right? Make sure that everything is cleaned, everything's picked up, everything's in its proper place, and make sure the Bible's on the coffee table. How many people will be with him? Oh, heavens, will he bring his disciples with him? We have to make it just right for such an important guest for too many years at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. Ah, oh, I was too daggum busy 
with meal prep and cleanup and such that I missed the family gathering. While everybody's in the living room, I was in the kitchen. I know it sounds strange, but I was there. <laughs> the stories, the, the, the events, the living, the, the, the laughter. I, I was busy being busy. Moments that I can never get back. I, I don't make that mistake anymore. Oh, no. I don't clean up in the kitchen. I don't cook in the kitchen anymore. I don't do anything in the kitchen anymore, do I? No. no. I sit in my easy chair now. Yes, yes. I don't make that mistake anymore. Every second now counts. Martha allowed the secondary matters of life to distract her from hearing the word of God. And twice, twice, we are told Martha was distracted. Twice. The life of a disciple requires doing. Doing work and doing worship. Discipleship requires us to dig deep, to hunger and thirst for much more than food on a table. Some are destined to live out their discipleship in, in the details of the common life, preparing Meals, counting money, caring for the homebound, organizing outreach for the poor. Others are disciples in the service to the word. Study and prayer and worship, preaching, evangelism, teaching. We, we need both. We do. We need both. And all the Marthas and the Marys so that we can get all of God's work done. We need balance. We need to understand in the depth of our very being that we need Jesus Christ, the bread of life. And grace upon grace, he is there. He is. He's in our home. He's in our church. He's on the street corner. He's in our cars with us. There's no time limit. There's no cell phones. There's, there's no distractions. The struggle between word and deed the speaker and the doer, the meditative and the activist, between action and adoration, will no doubt be with us until the end of time, and the complaint of the one about the other will undoubtedly occur and reoccur in the future, as frequently as it has in the past. Who does not sympathize with Martha? reduced to the drudgery of service while her sister enjoys the excitement of the theological discussion with Jesus. Mary could legitimately complain of Martha too, as Jesus does on this occasion, for immersing herself in the activity without sufficiently considering the rationale and end of all her care-filled work. God asks a familiar question. What do you see? What do you see? What, what's right in front of you? What, what do you neglect when you don't focus on God? Are you encumbered or are you encountering Jesus Christ? But you can have both. You see, the, even the church in Ephesus, the church in Ephesus encountered just this problem when John wrote in Revelation 2, I know your works, I know your labor, 
but you have forgotten the love you had at the beginning. In other words, you're, you're doing a great job, but you've been distracted. Get your priorities back in order and do the most important things. And Jesus gently reminds us, like Martha, that so much of what commands our time and our attention and our energy and our angst doesn't really require it or deserve it. The rest will follow. The squirrel moments of distractions will, will lose their power. The temptation to resent diminishes. The distraction to neglect those in need and not minister in Jesus' name will give way to the seeing of the face in Jesus Christ in everyone because we sat at Jesus' feet attentively, attentively after all that time together. We can't help but recognize him and who he is. I, I urge you to get your axis, your plumb line, back in line. Begin your day sitting and praying in the posture of a disciple. Get your horizontal axis, your inward axis in place so that you can stand the rest of the day on your vertical axis. So sit and pray so you can stand and do the work that God calls you to do. And then by the end of the day, your upward axis you will thank God for the blessings of the day. Remember, time is of the essence. It's but a fleeting moment. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and, of course, on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.